it's like, okay, small footprint, small number of employees. So really it's going out there and finding that business, which is, I say bet on yourself. And if you truly want that safety net or you want to keep the job, go for it. But make sure you work with a franchise company that is a good fit when it comes to semi-absentee ownership because there are brands that don't allow it. So I say bet on yourself and make that informed decision and don't look back and just follow that system as close as possible. Work with your colleagues and fellow franchisees and I truly believe you'll make it happen. Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name's Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. And my life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. Uh, super excited for the guest we have today. Um, it is more of a, uh, I don't want to say a solo episode because uh, I have an amazing guest here, but uh, no Dan Claps today. Uh, Dan is with his dad celebrating his dad's B-Day, but super excited about the guest we have and excited for the conversation. Before we do jump into that, I do just quickly want to thank our sponsor, which is uh, Silicone Signs. And uh, Chase's team over there, they help make this podcast possible. Obviously, it's uh, you know it's not free to do a podcast. And so we, we're super uh, huge fans of them. They handle all the interior and exterior signage for uh, companies like Crumble Cookies, Dirty Dough, Handles Ice Cream, and so many other tremendous concepts, Wing Zone even. They guide you through the entire process as a franchisee of putting your signage together. And they help limit a lot of the headache that typically comes with that. So... If you'd like some more information about Silicone Signs, whether you're a franchisor or a franchisee, go to siliconesigns.com and uh, fill out their form. They'll schedule a call with you and uh, see if they can help you out. So again, siliconesigns.com, super huge fans of them. With that being said, let's let's get into uh, the meat and potatoes of the conversation here today with uh, Giuseppe. Super excited to have you here today. And uh, Giuseppe, how, your, your last name is it pronounced Grammatico? Am I am I saying that right? You got it, Christian. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, you got it. It's a lo- it's a long one, so hard to spell as well. <laughs> no, I love it, man. Well, well, thank you so much for making the time to come on the show. Um, you have an amazing podcast in the franchise world that 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 I've I've listened to, um, and I think you have a lot of uh, you know, both as as being a franchisee, as a consultant, franchise consultant. That is, um, I think you have a lot of unique perspective, and super excited to have you on, man. Yeah, same, same here. Consult's a consultant. Been, been looking forward to that. And by the way, I love the uh, the new uh, show name. Uh, I fired my boss. I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. I think that really, thank you. I think it really nails it. I think it really speaks to to where uh, you know people need some insight. So uh, that's awesome. I I really uh, and I was like, man, I was like, I I, sh- I should have took that title. That was a great uh, <laughs> it was a great title. But yeah, no, that's uh, com- compliments to you guys. That's that's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Um, well, cool. Let's get into it. So. Um, I think one of the first questions that uh, I typically ask people is, I mean, how did franchising find you? Like, how did you get into this crazy game? Yeah, so I um, I grew up in the family business. My my family owned the restaurant for uh, forty years, and so got got the 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 business itch right to to own a to own a business. I uh, just didn't want want to be in restaurants. Restaurants had some rough hours, nights, weekends, and holidays. So um, went the corporate route, got my MBA. 
really wasn't thrilled with the, the corporate world, Lot, lots of different jobs and uh, different bosses. And I just felt I had, I had no control in my, in my future, no control in my income. And that said, you know what, I, I want to look at business ownership, but what else is out there? And uh, via my search, I said, you know what, Subway was, was big at the time. And I wasn't really creative. I, I wanted something that kind of was already built for me, if that makes sense, kind of a, a business in a box. And um, ironically, reached out to, to someone who ended up being a franchise uh, uh, coach or consultant. Uh, and uh, that was back in 2006. And in 2007, uh, bought my first franchise. Really really wanted to, to, to be my own boss, but didn't want to create anything from scratch. So that's why I started looking at franchising and uh, haven't turned back since. I, I, I love the concept and I loved it so much. I loved uh, the way I worked together with with my uh, franchise consultant that I became a, a consultant uh, years ago as well. So uh, love it. And, you know, both of us get to get to help people make that, that very uh, uh, exciting decision to own their own business. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super rewarding. And it's, it's fun because there's so many concepts out there. And if you're mm-hmm. like me, I mean, super ADD and it's, it, it, it keeps my uh, my attention and my interest when I get to learn about all these new concepts that uh, that are constantly coming out. So it's it's super fun. Um, with with the franchise, so uh, you said was it you said oh six or oh seven? Um, uh, no no need to name the brand if you don't want to. But I mean, what 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 was that experience like, and what kind of business was it? Yeah, the experience was good. So we we looked at um, you know my the, the coach I was working with really had us look at kind of compare and contrast. Uh, brick and mortar retail location. It was, uh, I believe, in uh, it was in uh, massa- the massage space. Uh, we looked at. We didn't look at restaurants because I said that wasn't uh, something I wanted to look at. And we looked at uh, building maintenance and commercial cleaning. And the third concept is escaping me right now, but uh, it'll it'll come to me. And I said, you know what? If I had the choice, if returns weren't an issue, and I can really choose what I wanted, which is where we focus a lot of our time. It's like, what do you want it to look like? Not what it should look like. Mm. I said, realistically, I'd like to work from home and maybe have a small office. And I got into commercial cleaning and and, and building maintenance because I wanted something that a manager can run the day to day, needed a small office uh, where I was relying on contractors. I only had a small team at the time of of uh, three empl- uh, two and a half employees, actually. I had a part-timer and two full-time. And then uh, the people doing the work were contractors. So, uh, so I got into that because I said, in a, in a perfect world, you know, Subway, and, and not to knock Subway or any, any other sure. brands, but I, they require a lot more employees than I was really comfortable with. So once we knocked down what it, the business, uh, preferably, you know, in, in, in my own words, looked like, and then we said, you know what, a lot of these brands that I was originally looking at didn't match there's some other stuff out there. Uh, I think the other one was around expense uh, expense reduction uh, mm-hmm. for small businesses. So yeah, so you know we 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 spent a lot of time there of what I really wanted to look like, and we got into that uh, the uh, building service and, and and commercial cleaning, and it was uh, I owned that for 13 years and, and sold in 2020. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, 20, April 2020. Yep. So wow. So like right after the uh, the, the pandemic started to flare up, right? Yeah, and, and believe it or not, you know the the pandemic uh, affected us both uh, good and bad because mm-hmm. we were doing, um, you know, cleanups, COVID cleanups. We had a lot of small offices closed down, so it, it hurt us. We also it also helped the uh, the business, but uh, I wanted something that was non sexy. I wanted something that did well, no matter what was going on in the economy. And uh, you know, we we had the uh, the MRSA outbreaks, mm. the crash, you know, going into 08, uh, 07, 08 crash, and 
Uh, we did we we focus on medical, so we did a lot of surgery centers and dialysis and things like that, and that's where really it it, it uh, helped us out because those are businesses that always had demand that were not af- uh, affected by the economy so much. Yeah, no, I mean, so so in terms of your criteria, so it sounds like you wanted something that was uh, minimal employees, or at least to start, right? Right. Um, something that was more recession resistant. You know, mm-hmm. I, if you're like me, which I think you are. I don't say anything is recession proof because it's correct. Yeah. Right? But recession resi- resilient or resistant. Right. Um, what were some of your other criteria when you were looking at it? At it. Yeah. So small team, recession resistant. What else do we talk about? The investment. Um, you know, the investment had to be within uh, certain means. At, at the time, it was uh, under. Uh, I think it was under under one hundred fifty thousand, if, if I'm not mistaken. And then you know, I would obviously get a loan for that. Um, what other, what other things that I have? Something that, um, just, well, we said recession resistant. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what other, what other, um, things we put in place and just had unlimited potential, right? It, it had, it had multiple revenue streams. So we were in building service because we did cleaning, we did wood, wood, uh, wood floor repair. We did, mm-hmm. um, you know, painting and, and anything that we can contract out. So really it was a business where we were a one-stop shop for our customers where they can hire us and we would essentially take care of the entire building. So I like that idea that I can really buy one one franchise, offer at the time, I think we had 15 revenue streams. Wow. And and the way to expand was not to add a revenue stream. The way to expand, which we did in the same year, was to buy out of different territories to the point where I owned two-thirds, uh, I ran uh, basically two-thirds of the state. So, hmm. um, and that's kind of where we were at. So I wanted something that we weren't just you know, one revenue stream, because back in my employment days, when we talk about diversification safety, I'm like, I had one revenue stream, that was my income. So I wanted to make sure if cleaning was slow, maybe we can make it up in painting. And if painting was slow, we did, you know, wood wood, uh, restoration and repairs and things like that. So light bulb replacement, I mean, we we literally handled it all. So I liked a business that was was really diversified within uh, the core business. Yeah. I mean, that way you're not pigeonholed, right? It's offering like one type of service. And no, that that makes a ton of sense. I mean, um, I mean, at what point did you realize as you're going through that process, you were looking at multiple brands. At, at what point did you realize, I think this is the one that might be the right fit? Um, was it just strictly based on the criteria? Was it like a, a gut feeling? Was it the interactions you had with the leadership team? Was there just like a you know your intuition said I should go this way, or was it just like cold analytical? Uh, this is this just checks all my boxes and this seems like the one that might be the best fit. I mean, how did how did that happen? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, as I was going through, I was a little bit more general, but as I was working with my coach and we started breaking down, you know, and got a lot more specific, they were very basically the business we got into was the only business that checked off all those boxes, but and I'm not saying the other ones didn't, they were relatively close, but the big thing for me was meeting the uh, the founder of the business, leadership and uh, meeting them in person. Um, I was lucky in that we were both in the same state of, of New Jersey. So we had that that benefit where I, 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 it was easy for me just to stop in. I, I didn't have to schedule something or, or there wasn't a flight involved. So, but I think uh, that's, a, that's something I recommend to everyone I work with. You want, even though it checks off the, all the boxes and, and makes sense, you want to meet other franchisees, but you want to meet leadership and preferably in person, shake hands, um, talk about, you know, because the biggest thing for me was, okay, checks off all the boxes. This could definitely work. I, you know, I, looked at potentially, um, I did my own pro forma on calculations, but 
the other the other part of that is that this is a a partner, right? This isn't you know paying this this individual or this company a royalty every month, but they're essentially they're a partner. They're 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 my support. So, you know, how are they going to support me? And not only how are they going to support me, but where's is, where's is this company going? What are the plans uh, for the business? Are they looking to expand? Are they looking to add revenue streams? So. That alone, having that conversation, sit down, and then you know that gentleman opening up the book and saying, "Okay, well, this is you know where we're going to be opening up some future offices. This is also kind of what our new website looks like, and uh, this is a you know kind of what our training manual looks like." Uh, for me, that was a, a huge help in, in solidifying my decision to move forward with the brand. So uh, it's part of a, a lot of I'm sure what we both talk about with with um, families looking to, to to buy a franchise, but Let's talk about support. Let's talk about the the future of this business. And at the end of the day, you know, it's that that decision, right? That leap of faith, saying, "Okay, I've done my homework. This is checking off the boxes. This is what's important to me. Um, how am I going to make this work?" And it's I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow the system. I'm going to stay laser focused and run with it. And that business was successful. Uh, we had it for over 13 years. It's incredible. It's incredible. And it's it's so true because I, I'm I'm of the mind that when you're buying into a business, you're really, I mean, yeah, you're buying a system, right? And we're all about talking about how that's one of the big reasons you would invest into a franchise. It's a done for you business in a box. The system is there. But I also think that something that is underrated, like you mentioned, is the people. Because it's the the people that make the business, the people that are the driving force behind the business. What are their beliefs? What are their values? Where, Like you said, where where are they going? Where do they want to go? What is the direction of, of the company? And I, I think that's something that it's a conversation that a lot of people don't. I mean, I found with a lot of candidates, it's like, t- tell me the numbers. What's the investment? How much money can I make? Those are the questions. But, and, and those are legitimate questions that need to be addressed. But I think at the end of the day, you also more than anything need to, you need to buy into the people. You need to look right. into the whites of their eyes and, and see like, Hey, mm-hmm. do they share similar values as me? And. I mean, frankly, also, like, do I like them? Do they like me? Uh, if I'm going to be working with them, I mean, I may not be working with the CEO on a day-to-day basis, right. but how do they treat their support staff? Mm-hmm. How, how does their support staff treat me when I meet them at a discovery or confirmation day? Mm-hmm. And um, it, I, I think people don't... They, they like to just cut straight to the numbers because it's more quantifiable. And, and it's, Correct. you know, you can't quite quantify, uh, you know, human being, right? But I think that's so spot on and so important to really uh, verify that and, and get a get a good feeling and get to a place where you feel pretty good about uh, the team and, and what they stand for and where they're going. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. Yeah, exactly. To, to your point, numbers are, you know, you want to quantify, you want to kind of measure it that way. But is this business going to give me, but there's a lot of businesses that can generate some good income, but sure. are you going to be working seven days a week? Is is this semi-absentee? What's the support are they doing the you know the the marketing for you and and answering the phones via the via the call center? How are they making this in a way that you're not going to buying an, a, a job? You're, you're you're it's an investment. A team can be put together so that you're not involved uh, in the day to day. Maybe a little bit more in the beginning than you are later on. But absolutely, you know these are these are things. And my my whole thing is with with the show as well is you don't know what what you don't know. You don't you don't sometimes know the questions to ask or even. What 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 exists in the franchise world? Mm-hmm. So I'll say these are questions you should be asking. These are things you should be looking for. But before even looking at a, a franchise, 
let's figure out if you if you want you know if a business truly is a, a good fit is it a franchise is is the timing right you know you, you need money to invest in a franchise so let's let's explore explore that do you, do you have money to put in so i like to save people as much time as possible and put together a plan of attack instead of me saying you don't have enough money you know, call me in five years. Right. It's like, okay, this is, you know, let, let's talk to a funding company. The funding company says, all right, well, maybe you should have an extra 20,000 in, uh, in liquidity as, as a buffer. Let's put together a plan of attack. Let's talk in six months because in six months, if these, if these numbers are hitting, um, you know, where they need to be, then we have a stronger basis to move forward. So I think helping people uh, put together a, a plan, and I'm, I'm sure you do the same. And, and figuring out what's what's the the best uh, kind of direction for them, I think it adds a, a ton of value. And uh, maybe the timing isn't right today, but maybe the timing will be right uh, at some point in the future. Totally, totally, um, absolutely. Um, with the process, so I, I guess you. It's funny because you're consultant now and have been for 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 quite some time, and and you used a consultant to get into the business. Um, Right. How did how did that happen? I mean, did they did the consultant contact you? Were you already kind of actively looking? Um, and, and why did you feel the need to, to use a consultant? Um, it's going back a while. So I I, <laughs> I did a um, I did a Google search. I remember in, in franchising, and um, I think it may, I don't know if it was an ad or in, in, within a search, but I filled out my information, and I just liked what it said. It was basically it basically said. We can help you figure out if franchising is a good fit. There's no, there's no cost. Okay, that that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> right. um, that that's associated to you in that, and we will help you figure out ba- based off what you're looking for. I felt like it was more catered as opposed to an ad saying these are the five hot franchises. You know, buy now before they're they're sold out. It was very, <laughs> it was just very, it was just kind of like I, I felt it was more catered uh, or personalized uh, for the individual. So when I fill out that form. Uh, got a you know an email uh, right away to set up a you know quick thirty minute call, and that led to you know, a couple couple calls and meetings, uh, and that led to eventually uh, uh, two franchises. We ended up expanding, so the same franchise we just bought uh, two territories back in uh, back in two thousand seven. So yeah, I just I just like the approach. I felt like I had a uh, someone in my corner, like an advocate, basically mm-hmm. saying we're looking out for your best interest. These are things. These are red flags. These are things to look for. And this is ideally, you know, just like I do with all, all of our, our candidates and families. Ideally, this is what your business looks like. These are some questions to ask, um, you know, and this is also the order to do things. Was right away, people are like, what's the franchise? I'm going to start talking to franchisees. Well, you know, you'll have plenty of time for that. Learn about the brand first before contacting franchisees. So I just made a lot of sense. It wasn't, it wasn't pushy and there were no brands uh, even mentioned for the first couple calls. I think it was our third call where brands were actually uh, brought up. So I just, I just like the, the, um, the attention to detail and the personalization of the, of the entire process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what, that's what good consultants bring to the table. Um, okay. So, so you have the franchise, um, you've owned it for 13 years. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I talk about with with uh, candidates that I work with is um, I think it's important to start with the end in mind. You know, yeah. what are you what are you building this for? Where like where where are you going? Where do mm-hmm. where do you want to go? Is this you know are you looking to build a franchise empire? Are you just looking to replace income? Um, are you looking to potentially sell this someday? And even if you're not, right. if you don't, if you're not of that mind today, I think you should you should still build it as if you were going to sell it because not only will you build a better business if 
you have if you have that in mind up front. Um, but I also think that's just it's 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 smart and things do change over time. And I think one of the best uh, things about business is eventually you can sell it for a multiple of earnings or and you know in some cases multiple of revenue less common, but sometimes you can do that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and I think that's one of the one of the coolest parts about business. Um, and of I'm not going to ask you obviously numbers or anything like that, but like what was the exit process like and um, how, how did that go and tell tell yes. us that story I guess. Yeah, so it's funny when I when I signed my franchise agreement back in 07, I remember I re- I signed the the agreement, cut the check, which by the way, you know, I I'm I'm human, I was nervous, so I right. flipped the um the name of the company and the amounts, I flipped them on the check, so I had to like <laughs> rewrite the check. So I'm human, you know, we 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 make mistakes too. I was in my my mid 20s at the time, so I was I was kind of, you know, my first major purchase aside from from a home, but uh, so anyway, we finally got the check straightened out. I I signed the agreement. I shook the, the the CEO's hand, and he's like, "Any questions?" And I said, "Yeah." And I, this is the God honest truth. I go, "Now that I own this franchise as of today, how do I sell it? You know, what's my exit strategy?" And he looked at me. He's like, and he's like, right away, red flag. Like, what what the heck? You know, who did I sell this franchise to? And I go, "Now, that's something we we didn't focus on." Is what you know end in mind, and you know our agreement. I believe had a it was twenty year, and each franchise agreement varies ten year, fifteen, twenty. Um, and not to say you can't sell sooner, but and he said, "Well, what's your plan?" And I said, "My plan was to own it for." At first, I said five, and then I changed it to to, to ten years, and and eventually sell sell it for a multiple. And he said, "Right," and that's basically that the the new the new owner. I, w- I would meet the they would meet the new owner. Approve them to make sure they understand the business model and that kind of thing. And um, so it was over ten years. It was it was thirteen years. And uh, really, what happened was uh, we got a a call from an individual just looking to purchase other businesses within our space um, and expand uh, that to expand the footprint into into uh, New Jersey. And uh, yeah, just talked and we we got a, a, um, a multiple of uh, of earnings. So. And that's and that's a we, we did a show on on exit strategies and that's going to vary you know it's going to vary based off of volume that you're doing industry is it a franchise is it not but also within the business itself with resales uh, some franchise companies are just say hey you know our our typical resales go for you know three and a half times um, EBITDA and that's typically I know you know in in, in building maintenance it's three x but we're getting we're finding our you know, we're getting three and a half x and uh, just Worked out, worked out a deal. It was it was right timing because I wanted to double down in franchise consulting, and I said, you know what, I want to I want to spend a hundred percent of my time uh, towards this. It's something I really enjoy, and we uh, we cut a deal for um, I forget the exact multiple, but it was a pretty fair multiple uh, at the time. But yeah, you want you want to plan for the end because you want to realize that you know not being involved, having the systems and employees in place. Uh, to be as profitable as possible while minimizing your involvement, th- those are going to give you the higher, um, you know, multiples in that in that specific business and the various ways of selling it through a broker, through a neighboring franchisee. So, uh, so yeah, so it took a little negotiation and attorneys got involved to to put that all together. But we got a fair multiple, and uh, you know, and the, and the and the rest is history. So it was uh, it was definitely a learning experience, and I definitely stress that and. And uh, starting sooner than later, because if the plan is to sell in five years, don't wait four and a half years down the road. <laughs> Make sure that business is built to, to sell at some point. Absolutely. 
If you'd like our help investing in a franchise at no cost to you, head over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a free consultation. Just a couple of questions about your experience as a franchisee, and then we'll go over to the the consultant side of the house. Um, I mean, what did your day-to-day look like initially when you first got started? And then as you scaled, obviously, uh, where where did your your involvement get to at that point once you... You know, once you're in year ten or whatever, right? Yeah. So the the first year I was I was very hands on. So I left my job, um, you know, right before I signed that agreement. I left my job in January and and started the the very next month. So I was very hands on. The franchisor was was newer. It was an emerging brand, so they were still, you know, figuring out certain things and and creating and and um, redoing their training manual. So I was very hands on from. Being on job sites, doing demos, I just wanted to. I wanted to learn everything personally, which is not something that you had to do. It's just a personal choice since I was um, very hands-on, um, but the model itself did not require that. So very hands-on. So I did a little light cleaning. I did demos, uh, especially that first couple months uh, directly. You know, hey, let, let's let's demo equipment. This is what kind of a before and after at a facility. Uh, it went on sales calls, on customer service calls. You know, had a couple employees working for me the first, uh, I believe, it was a year and a half. Uh, so full time, very hands on. Then I said, I got to the point where I said, you know what, I want to work. You know, it's it's not affording me to be able to work on the business and expand. So we hired a, so we we purchased additional territory. So now we're covering two thirds of the state. And I uh, brought on a uh, general manager to run the day to day because I said. And now that we're profitable, now that you know I understand the business really well, I have someone that can make you know run the day to day, make make decisions on on my behalf, and that was a complete game changer. And yes, I could have done that day one, but given the capital I had aside and given the type of owner I wanted to be, I I, I truly wanted to be hands on. So, uh, so I went from every single day to you know going in a couple days a week, uh, doing uh, we. You know, uh, Zoom, Zoom was still actually it wasn't even Zoom; it was Skype at the time mm-hmm. uh, back in the oh eight oh nine. So we were doing Skype from my op- from my home office uh, to the actual office. So we were doing uh, weekly team meetings, which was something which was a non negotiable. Every Wednesday from ten a.m. to twelve p.m. Uh, p.m. We did a, a weekly meeting. So um, you know, spoke my manager every single day. Did a, did a weekly team meeting where it was mandatory everyone attend. Um, and, uh, yeah, got to, you know, spend more time with the family, uh, worked less hours and, uh, eventually just put systems in place so that as we, we knew when to expand, when to bring on new individuals. And if I started getting a little too involved, what were ways I can, you know, is it another employee? Is it, is it empowering one of my existing employees to take over a certain task? Is it automation? So every, every single thing that I didn't enjoy doing or was taking up a lot of my time, we look for ways to, to take it off my plate. So, uh, so yeah, so we went from very full, full time, maybe working well over 40 hours a week to, you know, maybe putting in 20 hours, 10, 20 hours a week. That, that's incredible. And that's ultimately what I think a lot of people want to hear, right? Um, I'm, I'm very uh, opposed to when people use terms like absentee, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and because I want people to go in with eyes wide open, understanding like, look, it's a business, it's an investment. A business is like a baby in the early years. You need to nurture it and and be kind of on top of it, right. let it grow. And eventually that business is kind of gonna grow up and it it, it almost the, the your leadership team probably is like, no, 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 no. If you're if you're around too much, you're actually getting in the way. So right. go go away and let us let us right. let us do this. <laughs> um 
And, and, I, and I love that because I think one big concern and a misconception that many people have when they think about franchising is I'm just buying a job. And, right. and to be fair, there are many franchises out there that, that are like that. Um, but it's, I think it's super reassuring to hear your experience where you were able to start it out and uh, get it up and running and then eventually pull back as you scaled. And I think that's super amazing and reassuring and um, incredible. So um, thanks for sharing that. And then, okay, so you're, you know, you, you're a successful franchisee. H- how did the consulting thing get into place? I mean, how did that conversation start? The, the conversation, it's funny, started immediately after I signed the agreement because uh, the franchise <laughs> agreement, because I'm like, you know, I think I want to, I think I would like to do this as well. And I remember the consultant at the time said, I'm sure you'd be a great uh, consultant and uh, helping others, but, you know, you're going to have a lot on your plate. So focus on, you know, obviously, you know, you went through the process and you enjoyed it, but focus on your, your franchise. And, you know, I was a master franchise, so we, mm. you know, we coached people and we helped people. So there were a lot of similarities. So I used some of the things I learned, but he said, get that business launched. And that before you get into, uh, uh, you know, focusing on, on consulting, which is what I did, there was just way too much on my plate uh, in growing the business, like, you know, bringing on the, the right team. We moved, uh, expanded our office and things like that. So you know, I said, focus on that. But I, I always literally from the day I signed, I'm like, man, I, I would really enjoy doing this. And, you know, how else can I help people? Because at the time it was really just phone calls and, and in-person meetings. So that's when I, you know, decided to launch uh, my show, Franchise Freedom. I, you know, we, we wrote a book and I'm like, you know, some pe- people are at different stages, you know, that, that buyer's journey we're finding out people are doing um, more recently up to 80% of the buyer's journeys before they even speak with us. So wow. how do we educate people and gain trust through the process? So as we were talking prior to the show, um, you know, that's, that's a podcast like we both have. It may be a book or a webinar that you have pre-recorded that you put out there, but it's a lot of education saying, you know, franchising is not the right fit for everyone. You know, these are, these are three reasons franchisees fail or three reasons people shouldn't buy a franchise, but these are three reasons why you should buy a franchise for the right fit. Um, obviously, if you can't follow a process or don't want to follow systems, <laughs> may want, you may not want to buy a franchise. Um, if you can't, I jokingly said, if you can't follow our pretty simple system of helping you find a franchise, maybe you shouldn't own a franchise because that is what a franchise is. It's a process. It's a system. So yeah, I just, I just think um, personal experience, if I read about it, I always said, yeah, that's interesting, but going going through the actual process and being a client, you know, being a, or a candidate on the other side, I'm like, wow, I, I really enjoy doing this. And I jokingly say, I probably saved dozens of marriages and <laughs> throughout the process because I make husband and husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever's involved in the in the in the decision making process be involved because it affects everyone. So I, I really uh, stress that I did that. Had my wife on on calls at the time, you know, not on every call, but a few, but, um, I try to make it as seamless as possible and as stress-free as possible. I love that. And that's, that's my philosophy too. I mean, it's, it's a huge decision and in many cases, I mean, you're investing your life savings, you're damn near close to Mm -hmm. it. So it's, you know, it's not something to take lightly at all. Um, I guess one thing I'm curious about is so like, what's the, how do you see the lay of the land today? You know, it's July of 2023. Um, Obviously, there's lots of talk of recession, and uh, arguably, I, I you know you could make the the case that we're we're in one now, but we're maybe one is coming down the pike. Um, like, what? Wh- how do you feel about the lay of the land in terms of the franchise industry um, trends, franchise types of franchises or industries maybe that might be worth taking a look at? I mean, 
all of that. Like, what's how do you feel about all of that? Yeah, so I I worked on I worked on Wall Street when I exited. Uh, it was oh oh seven, and the writing was on the wall that something something bad was going to happen. So um, we we launched our business. So I I lived it right. We actually went through it, and the way we adjusted was I own a business. I'm not going to you know put up the white flag and give up. I said, okay, what do we what do we do to 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 make this decision successful and we doubled down on, on, as I mentioned, healthcare, surgery centers, and you know, terminal cleans and and things like that. So, in reality, is if we're if we're all waiting for the perfect time, you're not going to buy a franchise. So true. You know the the market, the economies are cyclical. The market and the economy are two separate things. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll repeat that from someone that that worked in that industry for many years. Um, but you know, you're always you can always find an excuse for not buying it. You can also, buying a franchise, you can also lose your job in the process. So I said, if you if you are the type of person that wants something different, you can own a business, uh, a side hustle, a side income, whatever you want to call it, semi-absentee. Um, you can keep your job and create a safety net, right? We all buy insurance for just about everything. Yes, there, there's unemployment, but how do we protect ourselves, our, our one income stream, which is our W-2 income, you know, we can create that safety net. And that safety net could be, I bought a uh, restoration franchise, something that may be a little bit more recession uh, resilient or, or resistant um, a- out there. And that and that business can be run with a GM in place with maybe some involvement. Maybe it's it's uh, during the day and, and nights and weekends initially. But um, I think it's, if you are ready for that change, I, I don't think you're ever going to find the, the perfect time. The perfect time is now. Um, or else it's going to be one of those deals where, you know, 10, 15, 20 years uh, go down the line. And I talk to a lot of these people and they regret not making that decision. So yes, is, is, is it a good time or bad time? It's, I, I always say it depends on where you are. I mean, if you're miserable at your job, you live once, you're in your forties, you're a corporate exec looking, looking for a change. Uh, why not, you know, why not take a chance on yourself? You'll have a, a lot more control in the business and in the future of that business. And, you know, we can always do the blame game. Well, a Democrat was in president, a, rep- right. a, a president, a Republican. You know, you know, we're in a recession. We're not in a recession. There's always opportunities, right? Totally. You know, during COVID, there was huge uh, real estate opportunities. There's opportunities there. Well, interest rates are high. Yeah, they're they're higher than normal. But you know, you can refinance your 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 uh, your loan. Um, you can pay back the whole loan in the first year if you're successful. So. People, I think, are always looking for excuses for not doing it. But if you truly want to take control, the timing is now. The, the timing is right to, to to go through it. You know, maybe are there are we in a recession or not? There are plenty of businesses that are killing it right now, and there's mm-hmm. other businesses that are that are affected. So, how do you keep your costs low? Maybe it's a it's a business with few employees, uh, like a you know restoration. I go to restoration because it's the most recession resilient business totally. that I know of. Huge fan. Um, and I know Dan so, is too. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we know that business. So, you know, very few employees. And so it's like, okay, small footprint, small number of employees. So really it's going out there and finding that business, which is leaky pipes are going to happen no matter what natural disasters are going to happen no matter what. So I say bet on yourself. And if you truly want that safety net or you want to keep the job, go for it, but make sure you work with a franchise company that is a good fit when it comes to semi-absentee ownership because there are brands that don't allow it. So I say bet on yourself and make that informed decision and don't look back and just follow that system as close as possible. Work with your colleagues and fellow franchisees and 
I truly believe you'll make it happen. Amen. And I guess on that note, so obviously we talked about restoration being um, pretty recession resistant and uh, generally just an awesome industry to get into. What are, what are some other industries that you think um, are worth taking a look at in, in 2023? Yeah, so I, I always go back to make sure the you know you're finding the right fit, and I think uh, that that is always going to be big. You know, there's definitely some some industries maybe that do better than others, but home services has been huge. People are uh, working from home. Um, I have family that they they're supposed to go into the office. They're going in like once or twice a month, so people are spending money on their homes, um, uh, coaching services, their, their businesses around helping other small businesses cut their expenses. Very, I think, a genius way of, of helping a small business cut back on expense. So I think that, and, and I think, you know, anything, anything in the wellness space, believe it or not, you know, when, when people think of franchises, they think of, uh, of fast food and the McDonald's and the, and the Chick-fil-A's of the world. But believe it or not, there are wellness franchises when it comes to mental health. There are franchises around uh, men's health, testosterone replacement, uh, erectile dysfunction. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of other options out there. When, when people think of franchises, I had no idea that that exists. So I think you know they're changing the game. They're, they're getting out of the sterile environment of, of, of being in a doctor's office, uh, making it a lot more comfortable and easily accessible. So I think anything in wellness and health, um, uh, you know, business services, coaching, cutting back expense, and anything in the home service space where you're not you're not dealing with brick and mortar. You can run this thing uh, from home with maybe a few vehicles, and then eventually upgrade to uh, an office or or initially have a, a flex space of office and warehouse. I think that's the I think that's the uh, the future of, of franchising for those looking uh, there for some for a good match and kind of what's working. I think those are t- three areas that are that are doing well right now. Yeah. And will do well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And people, I think a lot of people think you need millions and millions of dollars to buy a, mm-hmm. a, to buy a franchise. And that's just totally not the case. And if you find the right opportunity and, and, and just because you invest a ton of money to get it started, doesn't automatically mean that just because you invested more money, you're going to make more money. I mean, it depends yeah. on the nature of the business. You, na- you nailed it. No, there's zero correlation between the investment and the return. What does that mean? $200,000 or quarter million dollar brick and mortar location and a hundred thousand dollar painting business, there's no correlation. It's what it's what you make of it. If you hate the role of the of the franchise owner, it's going to be an uphill battle. So find find the match, find where um, you know you think you'll be a good fit. You know, people forget what's the owner's role. Um, you know that what you're going to be doing daily. If you're painting two two painting franchises, one you're painting and the other one you're you're actually. Uh, just uh, we're going to chamber of commerce events and doing the sales. Two different roles. You're going to like one over the other. So really focus there, and then make sure when you get that FDD, you look at your item seven, your investment, because a lot of a lot of times you'll hear about the franchise fee being ten, twelve, fifteen, fifty thousand, uh, but you want to look at the all in investment of what it will be at least maybe the first thirty. I'm sorry, the first uh, three to six months with working capital. So do your homework. The the info is there, but. Absolutely. There's plenty, plenty of funding options. You'll be shocked at some of the options you have. But um, you know, I say, go, you know, when you when you work with a, a franchise consultant, make sure that on that first or second call, you're talking with uh, funding because you'll be you'll be shocked at at the uh, the options that you have available. So true. There's there's so many interesting creative ways to uh, to, yeah. to make it happen. Um. So I, I guess also, so you you did touch on briefly 
semi absentee ownership. You you were a semi absentee owner. And, uh, and I think a lot of people, they're like, okay, yeah, I like the idea of owning my own business, but I'd like to have a, a transition plan in place. And I'm sure as a consultant, that's something that, that it sounds like you talk about, obviously, because right. it's critical. Um, how does someone successfully pull off semi-absentee ownership? And let's say that they want to do it from the start, right? I mean, how do they do that? And how do you coach your clients in terms of like, this is, um, this is where you're at today? And how do you, how do you slowly transition? Over from I'm working my corporate job. I want to start semi absentee to getting to a place where you know if I want to leave my job, I can. Or if I do want this to kind of stay as my side hustle, I can do that too. Like, how do you coach your clients on um, on that front? Yeah, so we always talk. We always talk about what's the goal. We we focus on the brands that allow semi absentee from the very beginning, and then we talk about okay, what it, what does this look like? And you know, I'll give them, alarm them in questions to say, okay, you want to make sure the franchisor is offering you things. To make the business semi-absentee, such as, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do all the the, the online marketing for you at our location. We're gonna do, uh, and then we're gonna answer the phones for those leads via our in-house call center. So you want to make sure the franchisor offers those services, and that there's there's a path. Okay, you know, what does the ideal general manager look like if if mm. this is gonna be semi-absentee? So they 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 need to have a job description. Some franchisors will assist in helping you find that individual. I've even heard franchisors, and I'm not saying this is the, the case for all of them, uh, in some cases have actually interviewed at some point uh, the general manager. So you want to make sure it's, 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 you know, how is this business semi-absentee? You know, how is, how is it to, to where I don't have to you know, necessarily be involved full-time? Well, if the marketing's done for me, I'm just overseeing it. So now I'm reviewing KPIs, not creating my LinkedIn um, you know, post for the day or editing my my podcast video, um, and then you know, do I need do I need this big office with a call center answering the phone? No, this is done. So uh, all, all for me. So it's really figuring out the the do they allow semi absentee ownership, uh, and if they do, what are the services they provide? How will they help me find the GM? Who is the appropriate GM to the point where say okay, once the GM is in place, what's their roles, and then what is my role going forward? So. Once you have a clear uh, plan, um, then then it's like great. I know exactly who I need to hire, and I know exactly what my role will be. I love it. Yeah, it's it's, and that's ultimately the dream, right? I mean, semi absentee ownership, but I think you have to be smart about it. You have to do it the right way. And um, uh, I, before we wrap up, I guess another question too is: Do you think that people need considerably? Uh, uh, do they need to come to the table with considerable? Uh, Assets more so than if they were going to be more owner operator in order to pull off semi absentee successfully. Yeah, I think if it, if it's semi absentee that involves a general manager, you may want to have a, you know, a little bit more liquidity because as you're putting together a pro forma, one of the line items will be obviously your employee expense. So, right, if there's a general manager making fifty k plus bonus and and everything else, you want to you're you're going to have to factor that in as as a separate line item or as an additional amount. Uh, in the uh, employee expense, so absolutely, you, you'll you'll need some more liquidity, um, and then you're going to have to factor in. Okay, what is my break even, and you know, and my expenses doing this full time versus a manager, and then what are the the benefits of having the GM when they can dedicate 100 percent of their time plus a portion of my time on running the business? And uh, so I would I would encourage everyone to run a few pro formas. You know, kind of a pros and cons, or the benefits, I should say, of having the GM in place day one. Uh, but absolutely, I, I definitely um, your, your investment is going to be greater due to the added cost of having that GM. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, just happy. This has been uh, incredible. I think this has been super valuable. I mean, even just for me, it's 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 nice to kind of pick the brain of other of, of other consultants out there that are doing well and helping a lot of people get into business and franchising. And I, I know this was super helpful for um, our audience. So thank you for coming on. Um, any parting words of wisdom before we wrap up? I appreciate it. And by the way, yeah, and I and I learned a lot as well. And a lot of it, you know, we were talking before. I just, you know, to anyone listening in, whether you're talking to Christian, myself, or or whomever, you know, really just, you know, you know, figure out, you know, why you're not happy in, in your current situation. Um, business ownership is not for everyone. So I, I encourage everyone and I like to empower everyone to say, you don't need to be rich. You don't need to come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you know, really figure out what life looks like. Grab a, you know, I have this white piece of paper, you know, blank piece of paper. Start jotting down what it looks like. Are you working from home at a location? Um, what's your role? You know, where are you living? Are, are you working from home? Just figure out ideally what your your ideal situation looks like, what you don't like about your current situation, and then you know that you have that gap. You know, what is what do you need to get there? And I encourage everyone to speak with someone like Christian or myself or you know, anyone that you, you, you really click with and I'm going to be working very closely, closely with to, to figure out what is that next step? Is it a franchise? Don't look at brands, you know, tr- truly figure out if the, if the business is, is, a, is a good fit. So, you know, I, I think you owe it to yourself to really just take the time, take a weekend distraction free to figure that out. Take advantage of working with the coach and their experiences and the people they bring to their table and, um, you know, the grass isn't always greener owning a business, but man, you know, I don't regret any, any minute, a minute of it. You know, do I make, did I make more money than my uh, W2 job? Absolutely. But more important than anything else, if there's one, one thing I'm most proud of is that I became a soccer coach and never missed uh, a soccer game, literally have never missed uh, a soccer game since, uh, my son's going to be 16. He's been playing since he's about four. So um, you know, those are the things that were most important to me, my, my why, right. And then, you know, the money and everything else is great, but I get to work from home. I get to coach, I get to go to the games. And I think that's, uh, you know, for me, that was my, my big why. So bet on yourself, Boom. you know, your, your why is going to get you through the ups and downs, right. The cyclical parts of the economy, the markets and business. And, uh, just, you know, you, you live once. If you could be miserable and unhappy at a job that you can eventually lose, why not bet on yourself and and uh, start your own business and and truly bet on yourself and hire yourself? Amen, man. I, I love that. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, I know your podcast is uh, Franchise Freedom, correct? Correct. Franchise Freedom. We we wrote. Uh, if you're okay, um, yeah. it's right on the website. So the website is ggthefranchiseguide.com. And uh, th- you can download the book for free. It's my exact blueprint of how I help people, um, you know, uh, through the entire process. And, and and we go into more details of hiring a team of consultants and advisors and you know financial uh, financial advisors and things like that. But yeah, check it out. You got some great shows. Uh, obviously, your show as well. Uh, I fired my boss. I mean, that's a uh, uh, I think that's a, an awesome title. And uh, if you ever want to get if you ever want to trade it, I'll I'll, I'll uh, I was. <laughs> Really, really, really like that title. But yeah, get get informed. You know, speak with someone who's actually done it before, and uh, don't look back and just uh, give it a hundred percent. I love it, man. Cool. Well, this was awesome. I know this is super helpful. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into another episode of the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors over at Silicon Science for helping make this podcast possible. If you need help as a franchisee or a franchisor for your system. 
with interior, exterior signage. They're your people. Uh, super amazing team. Uh, so go check them out at siliconescience.com. Again, siliconescience.com. And we will see you all on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. You're f***ing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss, make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss. 